Welcome to Empathy Power Up, a collaboration of two people who connected during the pandemic through their love of empathy and action. Two people from very different backgrounds, helping each other find ways to love themselves, understand their experiences better, and help reverse the rise of narcissism and the divides in our communities. We will cover various topics about the human experience to help us power up on tools of empathy and emotional intelligence in the pursuit of one simple goal, create a world where people seek to understand themselves and each other. This is a learning journey amongst fellow humans. We're all just figuring out life together. Most of the stories I grew up watching in India were or reading or experiencing were all sort of this idea of good and evil, whether they were religious stories, whether Bollywood movies, TV shows, stories I read in books. There was always this bold hero that came from different perspective or backgrounds or hardships and then went through a growth journey fighting this one evil villain or this evil company or this evil um, monster that would come in. And sort of being indoctrinated by this, I was empowered to be that hero. And I was like, I want to be that hero. And, and kids would be the hero. And uh, I remember when in a play in school, they cast me as one of the villains in a school play. It was a beast from Beauty and the Beast. And I was the beast. And they made me look very beast-like. And then I remember the kids making fun of me. And I remember that sort of not feeling good because I wasn't the hero. I wasn't that good looking hero and I was this ugly villain that that was cast in there. And and so it sort of got ingrained in me this idea of of two sides, the good and the evil or there's one side that's the hero side and one side that's the villain side. And it doesn't end there because that cycle continues everywhere we see in news and media nowadays in movies and mainstream movies there's always this good and evil some of the most popular movies that are out there are there's this hero and they're they're or a team of heroes that are doing great and then there's they're fighting a villain or they're fighting up uh, some other aspect of it in fact if, even if we look at the war that's happening with ukraine russia the whole propaganda that russia has put out is that ukraine is evil and they're doing these evil things and where the heroes coming in it's using this narrative of what we're the two-sided the binary to drive war, to drive harm, to pay, give pain and, and create this system of uh, a sort of a mindset that there is this good and then there's this evil and that's it. And in fact, when we read a lot of religious texts and everything, there is this idea of God and devil or good and evil that comes into that as well. So it's not just in stories or politics, we're seeing it everywhere. And it's, it's sort of this, idea that humans have taken in is this idea of binary even when we think of republicans and democrats in a multi-party system like india what has happened is it's become a two-party system it's become this congress and then bjp and these two systems and and so the binary thinking this binary mindset is sort of is is permeated into every aspects of our life and it's something that we talk about um in in many ways, when we're talking to each other about politics or something, the other side is evil. I remember uh, in Florida, I was protesting Chick-fil-A uh, after they had announced the donations against uh, people of the LGBTQIA community. 
and uh, donations that were leading to harm and conversion and pain and trauma to our community. And what ends up happening is I am in this space and a, a guy comes out from the restaurant and, and starts reading the Bible to me and says, you're, you're the evil, you're sinning, you're the bad. I'm like, listen, I'm the good person. I'm, and they were subscribing to this binary thinking. And I was like, let me just stop here. I don't even believe in God. So there's this idea that I was trying to show him that his binary thinking of there's either a devil or God. And I'm like, I don't even understand that concept or I don't even subscribe to that concept. And so it was like a, almost like a shock to that person that I broke their binary, that I was like, wait. And so they, it could, they couldn't register. They couldn't process it. And they left because they were like, okay, if I can't address you in this binary of right and wrong, I don't know. I don't have a conversation. I can't even have a, a sort of argument for you. And what we learn is this is a critical toxic aspect of our culture, this characteristic of our culture. It's a characteristic that is showing up in systems of white supremacy as well in colonization. And I think it's a hard, hard process to go explore and a hard one to break through. So Amy, what is your journey around the binary thinking and breaking the binary? Yeah, thanks for sharing those like examples from your your home country where you grew up and and also from your, you know, chosen country, you know, of, of the, the US um, and seeing that it's not just something that's happening deeply in the US, this binary thinking. Uh, when I think about about this idea of binary thinking, for me, it's been a slow and steady progression. Um, so where I grew up in rural America, um, in rural Maryland, um, on 20 acres of land in the middle of the woods. Um, it This world that I was in reinforced the gender binary and the idea of heteronormativity, where it's like, you know, a man marries a woman, and that is the life that you have. And uh, nowhere else, it's very um, homogenistic, right? Like everybody looks like each other. So everyone assumed me, assumed that I was a girl and I was heterosexual. But as I grew up, I started, I started reveling in the roles of that were dominated by men, um, playing baseball versus softball and working in construction, which names a few of the things that I love to do. And I still love to do those things. Baseball, probably not so much, uh, as I get older, but, um, I was a big tomboy, but, what was interesting is that the adults around me that didn't know was that I was exploring my own sexuality with my best female friend at the time. And this was an elementary school. So this is coming from like, it's not, it's not the world around me. It's like literally coming from myself. And um, it was uh, Jennifer, I won't say her last name, but it started this uh, kind of relationship of exploration started in elementary school. Um, and then later in AmeriCorps, um, I'm in my early 20s at this point, um, I start thinking of and talking about myself as bisexual. Um, and I come out to my closest sister and my friends. And for me, that's where the binary was coming in. That's how I thought about myself. I either liked men or I liked women. Um, and I like them both. Right. And so like it was three options for me. And like it was like an either or. And then in, it was also um, reminiscent of the world at the time. Um, so there was this idea that, um, 
you know, I was, most people were LGBT, like lesbian, bisexual, gay, or transgender, and sometimes Q, right? Queer or questioning. But like, that was not really in the zeitgeist in my world, right? But as the years wore on and I have aged, more labels have been added to my vocabulary, um, much more than I have time for in this podcast. But um, so now I identify more as pansexual, and so the way I describe it, um, I'm more attracted to a person's energy than their gender identity or their sexuality. Um, and I can usually find something pretty attractive in every person that I meet. Um, and I don't necessarily care about the labels. Um, but what I do care about is if they're a kind human and who cares for and about others. Um, and this kind of like, you know, evolution, so to speak, is allowing me to benefit from the full spectrum of the possibilities that I can have and doesn't necessarily say it's this or that. Um, and some communities, um, and in some communities I've even thought of as a unicorn, which is a pretty nice way of putting it out there. Um, well, this is a description of how my, my sexuality has involved, evolved, um, but it is kind of like evolved over my entire life, this binary thinking. Um, but I don't, don't really think of life in black and white anymore. I always think um, there's always shades of gray. Yeah, I I think, thank you first for sharing that and, and sort of openly talking about that journey of your sexuality um, and, and sort of through your experience, highlighting how you broke through that binary in, in thinking through that sexuality as well and, and finding yourself. And sounds like you've found a really magical version of you, that the unicorn version of you, which I am, am so excited to hear about. And another person I consider similar in the unicorn sort of realm, Alokvi Menon, um, who is a activist uh, around gender equality, gender equity. And um, I learned from them that um, fluidity is part of our universe. Our universe isn't binary. There's, if we just look around, it's it's fluid. It's constantly changing. And when we when we just look at a plant, for example, it's not green or not green. It's different shades of green, and every leaf is different shades of green with the different shades of colors in it. And there isn't a binary in the system in the world. There isn't just one white. There's all these different shades of white colors for painting the wall, eggshell white, knock white. And so it's when we look at our world at our universe, it is fluid, it is changing, and it is it is a spectrum. And when we embrace this spectrum, I feel like it's empowering. It's beautiful. When I look at it garden of flowers and I see different colors of uh, colors of flowers and shades or a tulip garden it's beautiful to look at but if everything was just white or everything was just one color we it wouldn't be that variety would be gone and the beauty would be different and would may, may not even be as beautiful anymore so i think it is empowering it is beautiful the spectrum it is beautiful and and so when we start thinking about the spectrum is empowering and start thinking about the idea of the binary as a control tool, as a way when we binary is just really simplifying things, making it simple. So I feel comfortable. So I don't have to be uncomfortable. Uh, a tool that the British government and the British monarchy used to colonize the world was this binary thinking 
bringing in this concept of, oh, I have the easy answer for you. And it's the good and evil. By the way, this community I'm talking to is really good, but the other community, they're evil. And they did that. They, they divided Hindus and Muslims in India. They created the division to then for, uh, make sure that people didn't come together to fight them. And so, and, and they, that's how they got control. And then they came in, took away all the resources and the riches, the land and life by using this tool of binary. And we see this in so many other places right now. TV channels that are based only on profit and the goal is profit and control of their narrative. They use this thinking all the time. All the, It's like, oh, my side is really good and your side is evil. And your side is really evil and my side is uh, really great. And we're just all trying to do our best. And, you know, we're good people. And everyone who's not part of my community is evil or is I should be afraid of. It's creating this divide. And then what do they do? We create this divide so we can maintain maintain control. And, and so when we start seeing language um, around this, it's it should be a red flag. It should be a big concern to us. And we're seeing that right now when, when we are seeing so much demonization of trans people. It's almost like a fascist movement against trans people where it's... Um, I don't understand your trans experience. So I'm going to simplify it and say, that's invalid. That's wrong because I don't understand it. And it makes me uncomfortable. So instead of me understanding it or seeking to understand, or I'm trying to even see what the complexity is and what the other person's perspective is and why do it, why are they fighting there for this? We will just ban it. We will just make it invalid and we will destroy it. So when we start using language like right or wrong, Democrat or Republican, good or evil, God, devil, male, female, because there's also intersex. It's not just male, female and, and racist or not racist or black or white, fat or thin, stupid, intelligent, all these sort of binary terms. It's the system of binary that we've lived in and that we're just reflecting back and we're just continuing that cycle. And that's where uh, binary thinking starts comes it comes in, and we can see that it's being used to demonize people, dehumanize, and and make people's existence invalid. Yeah, absolutely. The thing that I'm I'm like seeing in a bigger way is is that like not only is this work um, you being used to dehumanize people. Um, like the black and white, the the always or never, good or good or bad. Like it's also binary thinking also had a place in time. Like binary thinking is a way we categorize the world. Um, kind of to put what you're saying much more simply. Um, as humans, we want to know what's in relation to me, what the two polar opposites might be. The object that we're categorizing can be named and sorted in our head. And um, in, in that way, I think that like um, this idea of, of binary thinking has its benefits. It makes us feel a sense of certainty, which we crave as humans um, and familiar to us. Um, and also like, if you look back on our, on the past, it's something we've inherited from our ancestors. And this categorization in the past has helped us save time and reserved our mental resources for when we were searching for our most basic needs, like hunting and gathering uh, for the harvest. So in many ways, this type of thinking allowed us to survive in an era 
where we needed definitive decision-making. And that was a time of matter of life or death. Um, but, you know, with many things that are happening in our society today, if you fast forward today, this binary thinking categorization is not really serving us anymore in the way it once did. Um, it's used to really denote the extremes. You mentioned a couple before, um, you know, other ones, uh, you know, the one that's very prominent is Democrat versus Republicans in the U.S. and kind of polarizing each other. Um, and then you categorize folks in the haves and have nots. Um, and and I think more importantly, the us versus them mentality. Um, and it's we're really seeing each other as uh, in the realm of um, seeing each other for our utility, what we can do for each other or uh, what we can do for us and how we can relate. Um, but it can also help us to understand who we're for and who we're not for. And, um, and then, you know, we become against each, against each other and against what we stand for rather than seeing each other in human, as, as humans connecting. Yeah. And, and this sort of lets us sort of fall into the trap of false fear. This idea that I'm going to create this fear that maybe I don't even know, there's not even data that exists. And we've seen that fear and loss aversion is a big motivator for humans, that it's used in advertising and marketing, it's used to, in media to control the narrative and sort of influence people's thinking. And all of this comes from our system of judgment. And I'm not talking about judgment as like the court system. I'm talking about judgment where every day, day to day, where everything is has a judgment of, oh, that's shitty or that's good or bad or things like that. Um, I grew up in a household, in a system where I, everything was judged. Every action I did had a comment, has a judgment for my mom, for my dad, from the teachers, from whatever that was. There was something that was judged. There was uh, support was in the form of judgment. And uh, so when we do that, it's what, what that is doing is it's trying to simplify. It's trying to just say, oh, something happened that was bad or something happened you should have done this or you could have done that. And, and it's this judgment instead of trying to understand the nuance of what's happening, finding the, um, the complexity. And one of the things is instead of focusing on the, you should have done it this way, focusing on the outcome. It's like, what are we trying to achieve? And every person can achieve that outcome differently because they have their own journey towards that outcome and their own process and can do it differently. And, but what ends up happening is if someone makes an action, makes, takes a, makes a mistake, we judge them. You're racist, you're bigoted, you're, you're sexist. But I don't believe there are racist, like a person's identity is I'm a racist or a person's identity is I'm the sexist, I'm bigoted or, or libtard or whatever the terms that we hear all the time in, 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 in the zeitgeist, in the culture. We all have racist thoughts. We all have sexist thoughts. We all have bigoted thoughts. Even as a gay man, I have those. Because we grew up in a system where this a racist system, a bigoted system, a sexist system. So no, we are influenced by that system. And I've had many moments in my life where I have acted upon these thoughts. And I have done things that uh, could be classified as toxic masculinity. I remember I was influenced by some friends who can, uh, who was like, well, let's make a website call uh, that is basically, and this was early in my college life early, a website that was demonizing Kwanzaa. 
It's like, really, I, I sat down and worked on it. I worked on building a website that was demonized Kwanzaa because I didn't, because these people didn't understand it. it's like only Christmas can exist, not Kwanzaa. If someone wants to create it, that's not real. And I'm, we're going to build an actual space to go attack that. And so I made those mistakes myself. Does that make me a bigoted racist person? I don't think so because I don't identify like that. But what it does is that we all make these mistakes and we learn because we live, we are in the system influenced by all these things. And what's important is we learn from them and don't continue those behaviors. And that, in a way, breaks away from this judgment binary thinking as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think I think in what's missing in that that kind of discussion around like this this idea of behaviors is um and the, this reliance on the binary is this multitude of ad- identities that we all hold within us. And um, one, just this week, for example, I was leading a discussion on people's identities with a client um, in particular, like what I like to do in my work is to build, build awareness for our own identities so that we can understand how we are in relation to each other. This is very fundamental um, to this work on empathy. And this was a first session of a four-part series I'm doing. And what I what I find, and when I do this activity, we look at different identities, like it means many things, race, ethnicity, class, gender, gender expression, sexual orientation, our faith, physical or developmental abilities or disabilities, um, mental or emotional abilities and disabilities, like in the in the, like in my in, in introduction, introduction, I talk about how I have a disability and I also have, um, I'm a recovering addict and a workaholic, like, because these are parts of who I make, what makes me human. Um, and then there's also these, all these ray of secondary dimensions, like our citizenship or immigration status, our literacy, our marital and relationship status, and even on a bigger level, like, are we caretakers? Are we parents? Those are identities that um, sometimes show up very strongly at one point in time in my life, in somebody's life, right? Like, if you're a parent, you're raising a child for like 18 years, but then you can become an empty nester later on. So um, each one of these things shows that there's a wide array of uh, options um, and we shouldn't exist in a binary and there's this spectrum of possibilities. Um, But the awareness of this work allows us to know who we are. And like I said, positioned in relation to each other. And it's, there's this technical term called positionality. And that positionality that we have is actually the lens through which we view the world. Um, Our identity influences and biases our perception of an outlook on the world And we've inherited that, you know, this is kind of getting into the technicalities of what's happening. Um, But what we're seeing every day is that this is playing out in social media everywhere, especially on Facebook um, that you've seen. It's not a surprise that they've been under fire for many years now Um, because of those algorithms. We're seeing things more, more things that confirm our positionality, confirm our biases um, our beliefs and values. And so we're going deeper and deeper into the binary. Um, and then we're seeing each other more as enemies and we are as friends. There's a lot of 
a um, lot of research that's being done and, and um, stories coming out of how um, people are really um, being pushed to the extremes um, and reconfirming those uh, that hate and polarizing ourselves much more. And what we're finding is that those that are in the in-between and they're known as the frustrated middle are really left behind and not heard or seen in the system that's been created around us. Yeah. And uh, I feel like it's, it's an important time to let's do a quick exercise. And this is for everyone listening. Just think about yourself right now. Reflect. Are you a simple person? Are you just one thing, a simple good or bad, simple hero or villain? Or are you complex with varied interests at different levels of expertise, different relationships with people, with different amount of a different level of comfort, different level of uh, familiarity? Are your all your experiences just good or bad, or are they complex and nuanced? And I'm confident as you were thinking through this that your answer is complex because just like I am not simple, I am complex and nuanced. So are you. And so if the humans are complex humans, our dogs, our cats, all have unique personalities, all the life around us, plants even, they're complex. Then why are we letting our systems be binary? Even when we think about physics, we the way the approach to physics is we first simplify, we take away a lot of variables, we understand one thing, and then we add more, and then we build on it, we build on it. And that's how we understand physics. And at a certain level, even some laws that applied in certain areas don't apply anymore, like Newtonian physics breaks when we go into the quantum realm, mm. and all these different aspects. So we are part of a complex universe. We are not separate from it. So when we succumb to this binary thinking of good and evil, friend, enemy, it is something that is basically in conflict with the way the universe works. And I think, Amy, you talk about in your book, a framework around this complexity uh, in the book, Empathy for Change that you wrote and how you navigate it. I'd love to sort of explore that a little. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, <laughs> there's that complexity thinking, the Newtonian um, mindset that you were just talking about. And, and like, uh, we have these multitudes within us there's also a sea of change happening around us. And what we're what we know is that we're more connected than ever because of globalization, the internet, our smoke, um, what we're getting from our smartphones every day. Um, and those smartphones have more computing power than the first rocket that went into space, you know. And as we evolve and become more connected, our world is just getting more complex and difficult to manage. And um, it requires us to think differently. And um, there's this model that that I uh, that I really love called VUCA, and it's it's a it's an acronym that stands for four things: volatile, a V for volatile, which means unpredictable and uncertain; U for uncertain and doubtful. Right? We don't know what that future is going to be. Complex, intricate, and very diverse. And then A, which is ambiguous, vague, and unclear. So in that, you know, in summary, all of these things happening internally are happening, but our world is becoming more VUCA-like, right? Uh, volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. Um, so 
so understanding both of these things shows that we can't only think in binaries, but we have to embrace that spectrum. And more than ever, the world needs people who can understand this nuance and intersectionality who refuse to live in those extremes. We have to seek to listen, to sense, to understand the thinking we know about the complexities within and around us. So I think the bigger question here is like, what are we should what should we be doing, um, and how might we get to that place of empathy and and um, non-binary thinking, seeing this? Yeah, how, like yeah, how do we break the cycle? And I think we, I want to make sure we give some tools and talk about some of those uh, approaches that we uh, we're doing. It's all upon it's based on reflection. It's on self-reflection. The first thing is when we. Uh, something is just simple and obvious to us or to me like oh this is obvious simple. And I do that all the time I immediately have a red flag that goes off in my head now I'm like wait a minute let's take a moment here let's pause let's take a rest let's process this because nothing in our world is really simple uh, at the end of the day everything sort of builds on top of each other and sort of grow, uh, gets there and from the smallest particle all the way to a black hole and when when we so when we are rushing, it's very easy to lean into the binary because of the simplicity. It's easy to make decisions under pressure and those decisions are based on this binary thinking and this concept. And other than when it's saving someone's life, we need, which there are trained professionals for that, that have gone through the complexity of, of doing that. We, why are we rushing for everything? We talked about this in one, our previous episode about what's the rush as a, another characteristic of our culture, a toxic characteristic. But now this idea of when we when we are trying to make a decision under pressure, we first let us tell ourselves, if I'm making this decision under pressure, it's going to be based on this binary thinking. So I need to take a pause. I need to rest. I need to process. I need to go maybe get feedback, test what I'm doing, and then coming come back at it. Uh, the other flag that sort of comes up is when we think of something as um, some problem has one root cause. There is really very rarely is there, and I haven't come up with an example yet, where there's a problem with just one simple answer or one root cause. Or like when we say a homelessness, the root cause to homelessness is mental health, when that's not the case. There's, it's so complex, and there's different root things all interacting because our world is full of influence from every which way. So it is problematic binary thinking when we start attributing a, a singular um, solution to an answer or a singular way of doing things instead of everyone can have different approaches and we can have different things that are impacting a problem or coming into it. Another one is, um, am I taking the perspective of the other people? If, if I am just thinking my way is the right way and if I don't understand it, then it, it must be wrong or it must not be the case, then we are succumbing to this binary thinking. And so are we taking the perspective of others? Am I being judgmental? Am I, and, and I used to think I'm not judgmental for a long time until I realized, wait, I am judgmental. I was just delusional and unaware. And so being very thoughtful is like when I'm saying someone is bad or someone is a terrible person or they did like, oh, look at them. That was a horrible person. That is judgment. And so mm -hmm. am I making assumptions or am I giving the most generous interpretation of positive intent to that those people? Everyone is a hero of their story. I don't believe anyone wakes up to do evil. So if we absorb that and accept that as the truth, that no one is waking up to be evil, 
and everyone is here of their story, how do we give them the most generous uh, positive intent? Amy would love to get some of your thoughts around breaking yeah. the binary. Yeah, the some of the things that speak to me when you were just talking um, is this idea um, that you and I um, have in common is is this idea of when I when I'm working when I do work in design um, is is the thing that I've had to come around to is like we look at problems and solutions right and that even a binary thinking. Um, and, and one of my teachers, um, Antoinette Carroll, um, um, with creative reaction lab helped me understand that there's multiple things that contribute to a problem. And, and especially when you look in the space of equity, right. Um, it's like to have equity, there's multiple like problems that you see. And then instead of a silver bullet solution, it's multiple approaches towards solving this bigger problem that you have. And so it's a mind shift in a lot of ways. Um, and, you know, a lot of this stuff is like this idea of like knowing that like you can assume positive intent, but there's also a lot of negative impacts that we make and going down and owning that. So, um, you know, I, have a few ideas that I have written down here, but um, I'm thinking I'll, I'll just keep them short to three things. Number one, build empathy and um, cultivate curiosity. So what you were saying, um, Kevin, is this idea of um, judging someone else. So that goes into cognitive empathy, which is two parts to it, taking someone else's perspective and staying out of judgment. And the best way that we can do that is to stay curious, which, um, and curious is the strong desire to learn and know something. And you were referring to how I think and how, you know, how you think through things. The number one thing that gets us to judgment is how we talk about ourselves and the world around us, you know? Um, so then there's also just something that you could do like in your everyday life is try something new. And that includes meeting new people, um, you are perpetuating sameness and binary thinking by doing what you're always doing. So, um, you know, go to a museum, go to a storytelling class, go camping, do something you've never done before. And uh, bonus points, if you've never heard of it before, just get curious. Um, and then the last piece to kind of incorporate this is embrace the VUCA, which is volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. And once you have this awareness of the word of VUCA and that there's a complexity around you, you start accepting that things how they are and you're not trying to change or mold it to what it should be. So those are the three things I would just offer. Build empathy and cultivate curiosity. Try something new. Um, embrace the VUCA. And uh, really, that's it for for what we have today. Um, a lot of really rich conversation and stories we had to share. And thank you for listening in. So um, we are ending with this question today. In what ways are you perpetuating binary thinking in your own life? And how might we see the world in its full spectrum? Empathy Power Up is produced by Amy J. Wilson and Kevin Shaw two people who bonded over their love for creating a deeper sense of empathy in the world. You can reach Amy at Real Amy J. Wilson and Kevin at Shaw Kevin. <laughs>